So I mentioned on a call, you know, that uh, we had a conversation and, um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we parted ways with, uh, with Gar, um, you know, he's been here for a long time, but again, I evaluated, uh, this particular move, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, adding JJ, uh, Polk and uh, Pat Conley, those were the hires that I wanted to make it quick. Um, uh, those hires will help me right away to establish, uh, uh some trust. Uh, there's also a lot of talented, uh, people uh, on the staff right now, which already established, and I know uh, some of them uh, personally, and uh, we are ready to get to work. Uh, we're going to evaluate our scouting department and what we need to add, where are the blind spots. Uh, so, you know, the, the work already started, uh, and uh, you know, next move is obviously to find a general manager for this team. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have a, a extensive and diverse uh, process. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned also on the call before that I have advantage uh, over Michael when he was, uh, you know, making uh, 200 calls and he doesn't know uh, people who he's talking to. And, I mean, I've been in this you know, profession for a long time. And most of the guys that are on the list uh, that I know personally, I've known them for a long time, uh, from scouting games, from go to dinners, from, you know, interaction. So it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit going to be easier for me. I know exactly the criteria I'm looking for. It's going to be complimentary for me and my skill set. And that's how I like to build uh, the front office, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want clones. I want somebody that's going to bring something different to organization. So those kind of uh, things I pay attention to. Dear Davis, the show segment two, it's the Bulls segment. Uh, I guess it's happy, happy day for the Bulls. Um, just for anybody who doesn't know, uh, former general manager of the Denver Nuggets, Arturis Karnisovis. I would say Karnisovis or Karnisovis. I say Carney Sobers, all right? I'm going to do what Casey <laughs> did, all right? I, I respect that man. He's, he, he's from a good high school out there in Evanston, mm -hmm. all right? Um, Arturus Carney Sobers has been named the executive vice president of the Chicago Bulls. He has a press conference. He had a one-on-one -on -one with Casey Johnson of NBC Source Chicago discussing it. It was about 15 minutes. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, in that, he detailed that one, and his general manager and everyone else that he's going to bring in, he's not looking for clones. He's looking for people that are different and that can cover up any weaknesses, and I'm surmising, but can cover up any weaknesses that he has, which is definitely good to know. He's not just looking for yes people. Uh, everything we've heard about him is he's a no-nonsense guy. He, he he came out and said him and Gar Foreman, uh, the former Bulls general manager, didn't see – weren't necessarily simpatico with their processes, right. and so he relieved him. And philosophies. Yeah, he relieved philosophies. him. He really like, winning and not snitching and being a right. rat. <laughs> and not looking like Beaker. He was like, you the yeah. Beaker looking like But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry if anybody knows the Muppets, you know. Uh. But uh, so listen, it was definitely good to see. Um, the Bulls have kicked me in my teeth mm. enough that I still want to take a wait and see approach, even though Michael Reinsdorf, from all that we've heard, has done a terrific job. I do like, I said, must have when it comes to artists. What's up? I, I do like his confidence. Uh, when he pointed yeah. out, one thing that he said when he's talking to Casey, 
is that, you know, it's different from Michael Reinsdorf, who is calling 200 people and he doesn't really know them. You know, for my process, when I'm going to look to fill out my, uh, my, my cabinet and the executives or whatever, general manager and so forth, so on and so forth for coaches, he said, you know, I have relationships. I've been in these gyms. I know all of these people. And just like, and even this, John Paxton was doing radio before he did this job. Yeah. Like we are the city and this isn't a bulls thing. And some teams have changed. Like you see the Blackhawks did when they brought in Joe Quinville, you know, like a guy that was already a preeminent great uh, hockey guy. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you, so they, they didn't do, yeah. But, Cubs with Theo. Yeah. Cubs with Theo. It comes with Joe Madden. You know what I'm saying? Even though the Cubs for the most part, you can't say they didn't do, uh, they didn't do uh, a, a manager that had no experience. You can go from, from uh, Dusty to uh, Pinella, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like there was a couple, but for the most part, they, they, they spend the money when it comes to that or whatsoever. Uh, one thing I didn't like to hear that I was, I'm going to turn off UD, um, was the fact that when the Reinsdorfs heard about how much it would cost for Sam Presti or uh, UC Majari to perhaps come over to this franchise if the price tag was too high. And to me, that thought process is so stupid. Because if you're saying, like, let's just say general managers get paid four to $5 million a year, right? Mm-hmm. If I got to put six on there, right? If I got to spend an extra $6 million, but this person from the top will affect all of this whole franchise probably more than outside of any just having a great superstar, you put the extra five on it. I'm a billionaire. Like, dude, there's some things that when you have money, or even if you slightly don't, you spend a little extra on. When it's someone that can can greatly change the trajectory of your franchise, you put you put a few more dollars on that dog. You don't you don't cheat. And again, I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that Arturus Arturus uh, won't be that guy from the, from the beginning. It definitely seems like it, but it's still early in the process. And the question will always be: uh, it Seems like he's going to build through the draft, which we know you, we have to. We always talk about that here. The mm-hmm. free agents won't come here. You definitely have to build through the draft. But still, when when it's time for that paycheck, when it's time to get that coach, like for instance, probably his coach may be a guy that hasn't had this job before. But what if he wanted someone who had had this job before, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he wants a guy that's. The, what if he could get pop? Let's just say pop. He, pop was like, you know what? I like Chicago. I like you know beef sandwiches and deep dish pizza. Let me come up there, or whatever. But pop's like, look, I'm gonna need about eleven, yeah. right? And. Pop deserves about a look. He deserves what Phil was getting, or it, with inflation, actually higher than what Phil was getting at the end with the Lakers, right? right. So, like, so uh, if you tell me you can get Pop and you don't think it's worth, dog, the fact, and this is my last thing because I'm going on a rant. When I see the last dance, the, 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 the Bulls doctors coming on ESPN of starting this Sunday night, and I think about, and I remember thinking back then, most of us thought, why are, and I swear one time Jerry Ronsdorf said he made a mistake choosing. Uh, Jerry Cross over Phil Ryan. So I, I swear I remember an interview him saying that one time, right? But why was it even close that you had at that time the greatest coach in the NBA and y'all were, you was going to let him just walk? The fact that the Bulls didn't lose the championship and they was just like, this is last year, is the, the hubris. It lets you know why people are punished and cursed and why our team sucked for this long outside of D-Rose. The hubris to do that is just mind-blowing. Well, it goes to the point of their philosophy with coaching in the front office. They just looked at management. 
And I think for a very long time, Jerry Reinsdorf didn't look at these guys, look at management and it's in the same kind of like, I mean, it was the same organization that said the management helps win championships too. I don't know. I think there was Krause or it might've came from Reinsdorf too. I don't know. They just had that kind of, that kind of mm-hmm. uh, philosophy. And then you see somebody like a Phil Jackson who wasn't a part of that philosophy, who at least didn't vibe with that philosophy. And what did it do? They got rid of him. So that's the reason why is I mean Chicago Bulls have been kind of like in the wilderness for like over twenty something years. Besides get lucky and draft in Chicago, very own Derrick Rose, and kind of peaked out for a second. But what happened? They rushed the asses back right back into the Enchanted Forest, and, <laughs> and they trying to figure out how to get the hell up out of there. But uh, <laughs> what's up? What's up, Ryan? You know thought? Well, I was going to ask Casey Johnson reported, and I want to know what you guys thought that he believes personally that. If John Paxson didn't say he was going to step down, he would continue to be head of basketball operations. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And really all Michael would have done was expand it. He would have kept him as head of basketball operations, but he would have expanded the front office. Now think about this. Now think about this. Now, if that would have happened, then you wouldn't have been able to get somebody like AK come in who has right. the who has the cachet around the league, who has the international scouting that he has upstairs in his mind already, who who can come in and see like, yeah, this isn't working. This isn't working. Let me go ahead and get it out the way. So you wouldn't, you would have had to bring in somebody who what would have been a yes man to John Paxson. And then you see what happens from the top, from the political world to the everyday life hold in a, in a, in a, in a house to your sports franchise. If you don't have a solid, competent, smart front office leadership, it doesn't it, it affects everything down below it. To Ken's point, talking about how, yeah, you do put an extra two million dollars if you can get your Sami Jerry to come on over. Why? That extra two million is probably gonna on the back end, your RO, your ROI gonna get you about two or three hundred million. Exactly. You wanna you wanna invest in people because they're gonna make you in talking about money more rich, but your franchise is gonna be your franchise is gonna be uh, more popular, it's gonna win more, it's gonna be a winning franchise, right? So but but to th- to talk about AK and his, uh, him uh, officially being uh, the VP, right? VP of basketball operations. Listen, it's a good move, man. Um, he knows, I believe, I believe the one thing that really jumped out to me is the fact I think he understands today's game mm-hmm. and he understands scouting and he understands international scouting. To be able to get Yurkovich, uh, I'm about to say Yurkovich, uh, yeah, Djokovic, uh, in the second round in like the number forty something pick, mm-hmm. this dude is was was probably this season going to be up for MVP at least top, top five. five, at least top, exactly, top five. at least top five, and that's a and that was a 40, 40 some uh, round pick, so a forty pick in the second round. So just the simple fact of him being able to understand the international game, and also too, listen. He gave a lot of praise to a lot of the guys that's already on the team. Kobe, Zach, Wendell, Laurie. Yeah, he in, in the interview that I heard with uh, Malia Hall on 670 Score, he understands those pieces. But the one thing he did, it did come across was like, okay, yeah, you don't have to be like the greatest hooper of all time. Can I implement your style into what I have to make this team win? And that's what I like. You don't have to be an all – five two player all the time to be able to cultivate wins it's, it's exciting to see but how can you cultivate winning and that's the one thing i like about him him understanding that and also to get rid of uh, gar for him. It, it it his was- his, his presence alone on this in this franchise 
has drove away so many people. And the simple fact that him getting, and listen, Ken, this is someone coming from the outside in, which usually doesn't happen. So I know, I know there's talks around the league. Like, the hell he doing? You got to go. This was akin to, I don't know if it was Iron Man or Cuban links, only built for Cuban links. Mm-hmm. But this is when Goldface is like, go ahead, go ahead, man, go ahead. Let go, go ahead and die. Go ahead. Right? He's like, hey, take, take this, take this, take this. Right? Like, because it's like, he slid his throat and was like, let, let it go. Let, just let it go. And it was like, it, it's exactly what you said and it's how I felt. It was like around these circles. They was like, hey, you know, the first thing you got to do is get, get Beaker up out of there because yeah. he's stabbing you in your back. Right, it was like it was oh. a dude. He was like, I'm I sure heard the, about him. I'm sure the first thing he did when he walked up in and like, what guard? Hey, guard. Yeah. Go. <laughs> hey, you homeboy, you right there? You right there? Mm-mm. Gotta go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> gotta go. You got to go. Pax, listen, and also too, and this is why I said before, I will give Pax at least. A, some credit. No, you the, don't. Wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Ken, Ken, this is my point. This, is my, I say, this is my point. I say you gotta give him at least a little bit of credit as to he knew his time was up. And really? He came, he, eight years too late? He knew? I'm it's not, not saying, his job to fire himself. I'm not saying. Uh, listen, that's you, not his fault. I thought, well, well, he, I thought he, he loved he, the Bulls. <laughs> I thought he Everybody, real quick. Did, I'm going to let, let you rock, D. I'm going to let you rock, D. I thought, this is what they keep telling us. And they said this. Yeah, man, yeah. look how much he loved the Bulls. He did. The, if he loved the Bulls, he should have known five years ago it was time to relinquish his, I agree. his time. And listen, we said this last year. Dude, he knew. Since he went on the score and him and Parkins got into it, mm. that dude, to me, still. That's about two years know, ago? Yeah, it's about two years ago. Maybe maybe you're not about two years ago. Yeah, about but two this, years ago. Still yeah. to this day, modern day, like we don't get a lot. People are PR savvy now. Mm-hmm. So we don't get those 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 behind the mask scenes from front management, I mean, from a front office, like used to back in the days. You know how they play, um, what's what's the names that used to be the Cubs uh, skipper and the Orioles skipper? Um, I can't remember. Lee Mazzilla, I think. But he used to curse all the time. The point I'm just trying to make. Like, you'll sometimes hear uh, him, they'll have old tapes of that. Or like when you see like Dick uh, get into it with um, – uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry today. I'm on a real blanky day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm blanking out. What's the Bears receiver? Johnny Morrison. So when you see like Dick and Johnny Morrison and and the post game talks sitting next to each other, remember they were teammates. And Dick is kind of just mad at, at, at Johnny Morrison or, or whatever. Like we don't get to see that. That was for for today's. Name me another GM, a front office person who showed their ass like John Paxton did in that interview. Oh, you rarely no, get no. anything. The, the, the whole mask got ripped off. And at that point, he had to – listen, I, t- I tweeted out that day for his own health. I, and I wasn't joking or being facetious. He needs to let this go. I agree with you 100%. I think it's, it's, I think a lot of Chicago Bulls fans, at least fans of the NBA, could probably, and that follow Chicago Bulls, they should have understand, like, listen, the game itself, the times itself, you can't be going around hemming up your coaches. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did like two of them there, back to back. That just does not work. His philosophy, his way of thinking. One, though. He hit yes. up one. Oh, just one? I thought he got a two for two. No, he got a two. Him and Scow's relationship. It's the fracture. I think him and Scow started to fracture, but he touched Vinny. Okay, Vinny's right. the only one he touched. Okay, all right. He the only one he hammed him up in the in yeah. by time. That lets you know he thought he, he, thought he was a hoe. And also, Vinny and also, thought was a hoe. <laughs> and also, too, the reason why that he probably stayed around a little bit longer because, listen, they got lucky. They was able to draft their grows. Mm-hmm. And they did do some good drafting. They did draft Joe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did draft Todd Gibson. They did Jimmy draft Paul. They did right. So at least in his mind, he's thinking like, okay, I'm getting these guys. It's not working. So let me do something. And I think eventually now, like I say, I give him a little credit, not a lot of credit, but a little credit. He at least came to the at least came to Michael Ronsworth and probably Jerry Ronsworth. Like, listen, man, I just can't do it. And the simple fact of he could have been like, hey man, listen, I'm still going to do this, but I'm just saying y'all need to get Gar up out of here and get somebody up under me. He could have did that, but he's like, nah, like I'm I'm done. I'm done. And he and he it seems if he walked away. Now, from all from my understanding, now one thing I did not understand, two things. One, why don't they just make his ass a team ambassador? Why are you well, trying to be no, no. You why can't be up here, D. You no, can't no, be no, up no. here and do team ambassador, D. Listen, he ran the franchise, D. <laughs> he could he's not a to- he's not a he's not a mascot, D. Listen. Like yeah. pull out Scotty. <laughs> Like, you know, he's pull out horse. Pull out horse. Who's he ambassadoring to? Wait a minute. Hold, Nobody a, cares about him. Well, he good, that's a good point. He's ambassadoring the ambassador team. But my whole thing is, AK's not listening to him. <laughs> wait, wait, D, real quick. He's revisit, not listening revisit, to revisit, him. Revisit what Brian just said real quick. Who was the ambassador? Uh, and yeah, because as an ambassador, you're supposed to ingratiate yourself with people that want you to be ingratiated oh. by you. <laughs> Is like bring Pax right. over to the party. Like where? Like damn that. Oh, yeah, so, that makes sense. So, yeah, so he can go around and people can criticize him all the time. Like you was really messing up when you was like, nah. boy, you're lucky you hit that shot. When you posted that on Twitter, when you posted really messed yeah, up. When you posted that on Twitter, I was like, nah, dude. <laughs> I was like, nah, no, no, my, my whole nah. thing, my whole thing is simple fact of if, he, if he's not in, if he's not a part of organization to. To, to lend any kind of credence. <laughs> uh-huh. AK is not listening to him. He's still gonna get, but he's still going to have the ear of uh-huh. the Reinsdorfs. But, when, but AK, like AK, I think he's even said how he... He says he's important. He use he said he's been there for, he he's been there since 80, he's been there since 85. He sees and, the importance of having right. somebody that's been in, the, in, the, uh, in management with the team. He seems I, like a guy because he's asking for all these great minds to come around. He's not going to be threatened by Paxson. He's just yeah, going to he use him for what oh, he wants. Yeah. Oh, listen. Also, too, he went into the job if he if he thought that he would t- he would kick him up oh, yeah. throw him up under the bus. I'm mm-hmm. sure. That, but that's my that's the only thing I'm trying to say is, AK Arturis has full reign of this organization. He does. It's cool that he it's cool that he'll say, like, yeah, I talked to Pax. You know what I'm saying? He's been around a long time. You know what I'm saying? He's an old vet of the city and organization. But I ain't listening to nothing he gotta say about basketball. So what the hell? I, I, that was my only thing. That was my one, only thing. One thing that I did see in the Also, articles, why is why is Gar Foreman releasing uh statements? Eh, that's another thing too. Gar Foreman or Jim Boylan. No, oh, Garfoot. Oh, Jim. I mean, Jim, Bo- Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan. Okay, yeah, why, yeah. why are you talking? Why are you talking? He's trying to keep it. grandstanding, Dean. He's grandstanding. Please, sir. They told me to do it that way. He, he stabbed Fred on the way sir. out. He stabbed Fred on the way out, and then get in. He gonna talk about we ain't working hard enough, and then if somebody, so somebody, somebody do something. It's like, well, you know, it's it's all right. They still Listen, learning. What the hell are you doing? Art of this almost. Art of this almost said that during his his, his conversation with KC, and he was talking about the players. Arturis, thank you. Arturis was saying that, you know, the players, you know, 
they've uh, they've had some good performances, but and, and you could tell he's editing himself mm-hmm. not to throw shade on the former regime. As far as you know, they just didn't get enough out of these dudes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it was definitely interesting uh, to see him say that. But see, this is my thing before Ryan, you, ju- you, you join in. It still makes me very upset with the Ryan Storff that they don't care about their fan base and that they're worried about so? relationships. Because John Paxson was messing up. Like, that's just the truth. Big time. And like, and, they don't and, understand and, and, basketball. They don't no, understand it's not, basketball. No, no, you understand wins and love. That, listen, yeah. just because you don't understand they, basketball, you still understand. The only thing that changed really was they went from being first in, in uh, sellouts to being 10th, basically in attendance is what I mean to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, when you start seeing that, it's starting to be like, because Pax was covered up from Jordan's legacy of having, of making us being lemmings going to the UC, even when they were bad. Mm-hmm. So when they looked at the numbers, you couldn't, it didn't blow back what Pax was doing because it's like, they still coming. The business model is working. Right. But the fact that you don't care about your fan base and you let it get ran down to this point, and this has been happening for a decade. You know, and we like even going back to when Derek was here, the, yeah, the, two decades. LeBron and them was talking about coming here, but guess what? They didn't. So you never even proved that you can get a player in their prime, all right, or entering their prime to decide to trust you with their legacy, right? And that's, to me, on top, like you have these great fans and Chicago Bulls fans, and you let someone who he learned on the job, sometimes he hit, but he wasn't great at the job. And after really a 10-year run of not being great at the job, it's okay to start looking around for somebody else. And listen, they had a streak of what, uh, uh, 10 years in the playoffs uh, out of 11 seasons or whatever, but what, they only went past the first round once? I mean, it gets like media, we, we, we basically because of a span of, and this is the crazy point, for the span of what was it, three to four, about four years when Cross, because Cross, this is what got caught Cross up. Cross tried to do a sneaky rebuild uh, or a sneaky another rebuild on the flip. So at first he's like, yeah, I got Elton Brand. I got uh, Ron Artest, Meta World Peace now. You're going to bring in Brad Miller. Jamal right? Crawford. Like, yeah, no, Jamal Crawford was there. I mean, he had Jamal. He, he, he Actually, he had Jamal Crawford. That's, I'm talking about the, the players that he was looking at as being the pillars of what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? So he had that. And then when that kind of petered out, and I'll give Jerry props, though. Jerry was like, you know what? This, they can be all right. But Jerry wanted to get back to that title. So Jerry was like, I'm going to flip these kids and I'm going to go to Twin Toddlers, which you knew was going to take a long time. And I mean, uh, that's Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. He uh, traded uh, draft picks to get, he drafted Tyson and traded uh, to get uh, Eddie. And when he did that, I was like, okay, I kind of like that or whatever. Uh, but this is when kids were, the, the, the middle part of kids coming straight in from high school, mm-hmm. they didn't have the, 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 the proper foundation around those two players. It's probably a lot to ask for two players from high school to grow. But when he did that, that's what I always believe kind of made Jerry mad and was like, nah, you know what? This You told me this one rebuild. First of all, you told me if we got rid of feeling them guys, you could fix all of this and get us back. Right? That's what you initially, and then, yeah. And, but, you, but listen, you, and that, but that guy won six titles for you. So you and you you gave him after winning the titles, you gave him like four to five years. Dog, you've given Paxson 17 years. Like just because you have an affinity for him, if he and this is my last part, if he's truly your friend, he and you're telling me now I should give him props for stepping away when he should have been stepped away if he was my friend. I will help, I will hope if I have a a, a business running well, D, and you were working in that business, mm-hmm. helping, doing whatever, and at one point you you stopped being uh, uh, someone who was a viable benefiting. Asset. Thank you, a viable asset, right? 
that, yeah, okay, you've been here two or three years. But damn, they got a fourth year. Could you, I don't want to fire you, but could you please just escort yourself out? <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we'll set the terms or whatever, but if you're my friend, do what's right by me. That's what friends are supposed to do. That's true. Ryan, what do you, what do you think? I'm kind of I'm with you, D, a little bit that Pax deserves a little credit. I, I don't necessarily disagree with anything you're saying, Ken, because I mm-hmm. totally get where you're coming from. Totally, come, totally get it. I, I think, I guess how it boils down to me, because I had the same thought, Ken, like the Bulls' ownership really just doesn't care about their fans. Mm-hmm. And when I heard today that they would have kept John Paxson on as head of basketball operation, because part of me through this whole thing thought, this was kind of like a firing without labeling a firing. Mm-hmm. We'll keep you on, just let you do your thing, but you're out of the way. We Obviously, time has passed you by, John. But they were going to keep going with it. Like, John, like you said, Ken, supposedly he loves the Bulls. Let's assume for a second he does. It, I'm sure it was very hard for him to be like, man, I don't want to fail at this job. But mm-hmm. eventually he did say to himself, I can't do this. Jerry and the Rhinestorts would have just kept giving him year after year after year until he died to before they would have given another person in there. That's really not caring about your fans. Like, John, I get it. That's a hard decision to walk away from your dream job. But to just, like, ownership, not even take it out of your hands. Like, they should have took him out to pasture. That's what they should have done a long oh, yeah. time oh, they ago. Sh- they should have fired him a long time ago. It should, he, listen. Yes, he lucked up. Yes, the franchise did luck up into Derrick Rose, and they did have the run. But how many times did we show say, say Ken years ago when we was doing a show, doing a show down at the uh, ICB? Dude, I don't need to blow this up. Yep. Blow this yeah. up now. There is no, there is no point to keep going through this. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen? All right, cool. Y'all make it to the playoffs. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Y- you're not going to win. Blow it up. Blow it up. But what did they do? They double down. They double down. They double down. They double down. And that was it. And you know what? And, and, and to their eyes, and to the rhyme so fast, I'm guessing. They kept making the playoffs, and they'd be the eighth seed, maybe the seventh seed, and this tennis was still up. Right. So they figured, like, all right, cool, he must be doing something. To your point, Ken, they're not really caring. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not caring about okay. winning. They're just caring about, okay, the status quo is fine. Everything is okay. And let's be loyal. Let's be so let's loyal be lo- and loyal. And you know right. the Ryan's also are super, super loyal. They but are not loyal, loyal to your fans, not loyal to them spending point, all that right. money. Good point, Ryan. And then think about the type of budgets that these like you go to the Bulls game. These aren't rich people. Yeah, I'm not talking about people sitting down oh, at the bottom. Oh, no, like man. people are spending. Like people love the Bulls so much, they will spend two hundred and fifty dollars to take two of their kids, and they are on a, a shoestring budget. But yeah. this is my last point too about the Pax thing. And I, I mean, I get you guys. I get, I get you guys' premise, and it, it's unfortunate we have to give him props. Paxton has always been looked at as being someone that is very honorable, a type of real honorable dude. But if you're a real honorable dude, you don't lay up under, I, I can't get, they're not going to fire me. You, if you're an honorable dude, you look in the mirror and be like, you know what? Dude, this ain't for me, especially with the amount of money that he had probably made up. Clearly, he's made more money doing this than he did as a player. And Absolutely. then point out to the team, too. Dog, we're talking about, like, what, the fifth most important player through the first three? I know. Like, it's like hit, always with that them. shot. That yeah, was like but, it. It's always with them. There's no humbling to, yeah, because Jordan wants to look at you eye to eye like a man because I'm the reason these turnstiles are turning, and you don't like that, right? No, you're my employee. Yeah, but nobody was coming before I started. I lit this bad boy up. You know what I'm saying? You could say the same about Pippen. 
But you and again, now I'm not saying that those guys didn't do the due diligence as perhaps you need to do so you can do that. But it, uh, he was doing radio. He didn't even go and work for Jerry. BJ went to do that. Right. If he, I don't even know if this was his. Well, you just said his dream job. I don't even know if this was his dream job because at first he was Phil's assistant coach. Yeah. So it's just like. Maybe he knew that was the faster route. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. I mean, they pl- they plucked him off the they plucked him off the broadcast. They did, they, they did a Robinson. Like, oh yeah, you gonna be the GM. They, they did a Robin Ventura. One day, like yeah, Robin Ventura yeah. was just walking around the facility. Yeah. And they, hey, yeah. you, you want to be the manager? Like, okay. <laughs> There's a whistle, Ken. And, and, and then you had BJ. You had BJ Armstrong on the, on the background, on the backside. Like, man, what about me? Yeah, he right. was actually he was the assistant Training to Jerry Krause. Training for a job. All right, so let's get back to AK, and and, and he's now the uh, our, say it one more time for me. Artuis, Artuis, Cornish, Cornish Chauvin. I'm a Artuis, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm get his name right, Artuis. Uh, AKA, AKA, AKA. There you go. So uh, now it's going to be some names that have been leaked out, or at least some list of the candidates for the for the general man- general manager position. This is come from the Chicago Sun Times Joe Cowley article. Uh, we have multiple outlets have listed them, led by uh, Mark. Uh, is it Ursley? Ur- Ursley from Philadelphia. Ursley. Ursley. Thank you. Yeah. Philadelphia 76ers. Chicago's very own. Uh, well, suburbs. Uh, Michael Finley from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Mark Hughes from the LA Clippers. Troy Re- Weaver from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Calvin Booth, who probably has an inside track because uh, AK was at uh, Denver Nuggets. And Matt Lloyd of the Orlando Magic. Uh, who used to be here with the Bulls? Used to be here for the Bulls too, exactly. So, um, and listen, and, and I wouldn't discount BJ necessarily either. No, so he's we, not coming. We're gonna, we gonna talk about that. We're gonna do that later. the next. You're gonna do that later. You're yeah, we later. Yeah. But I say that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Say that. Say that. Say that idea, um, Ryan. But hell but, to the no. <laughs> so, so what do you all think? We got somebody coming from the 76ers that the process hasn't fully always panned out, but you were able to get some stars there. Michael Finley, like I say, a hometown kid, Dallas Mavericks, uh, with the team that they built up right now over the past couple of years, that's definitely a good look for them. I brought the LA Clippers, Ken. You say you didn't like it because of the fact that Doc Rivers was the GM and you really didn't want anything out there from uh, the Clippers. OKC has always been competitive for a lot of years in a very small market. Denver, Small market, like I said, uh, Calvin Booth has an inside market, and Matt Lloyd from Orlando. And the biggest thing that's jumping out to me, besides Philadelphia, maybe because the Clippers are kind of like a secondary team in LA, these are all small market teams. And you have to treat, unfortunately, you have to treat the, the NBA team of the third largest city in the world, I mean, in the, in the United States, as a small market team because you can't draw in free agents. So, it look at, so in my opinion, it's like AK is trying to go after somebody who can kind of build build a new culture it has to start off small but maybe eventually be able to get those big fish in and you won't have to think like a small town market go ahead Ryan. uh i was gonna say my favorite out of there right now just tentatively without really doing a ton of research is michael finley okay and part of that is i think karnashova said this that he wants the gm to be a really strong player relationship guy I think he sees a weakness in himself that he's not going to be able to really, I think, brand himself with free agents here in America. I don't think they're going to look at him quite the same. So I think he's going to try to find somebody that players might be drawn to at this GM position. And a guy like Michael Finley, ex-NBA player, Mm -hmm. I think he maybe holds a little bit more than just a guy that's like, you know, an assistant GM somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that's personally, man. Uh, Calvin, Calvin, Calvin Booth, too, former NBA player. 
Yeah, that's another good one too. Did Calvin Booth, did Calvin Booth have like a couple soup with the Bulls? I want to say he did. Like when he yeah, was, did they draft? Did they draft him? I think. I don't know they draft him, but I think he did play it, Ken. I look, yeah, let's look it up. Yeah, I want to I'll say double it. check. Which I don't, which to me does not benefit you whatsoever with getting the job. Uh, you know what? With the guys that you, I, I guess Easterly would be definitely one of the guys I would look to. But I now this, I'm just gonna be biased with this one. Yeah, go for uh, it. At one point, Jerry Krause, former Bulls general manager, would not draft local players. Right. He didn't. He didn't. He thought it was bad for them to be basically around their friends and family. And it w- w- wouldn't be productive. So this was like. Did it. Then he finally did it with, and he chose and he, the wrong one. Yeah. Even though it was a, I, I looked at, it, I, I reposted it, and I saw it was like maybe a few months old. It's a really good Players Tribune. Uh, oh, that Eddie, was Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry, very good. Really, it was really good. Yeah. But um, and I've always kind of liked Eddie. But anyway, but Michael Finley was one of the guys that that really kind of snake bit the Bulls, where it was like, wait, y'all did draft Mike Finley and. He became a better player with the Mavericks than people expected. I mean, in all fairness, it was it was Dirk, Mike Finley, then Steve Nash. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, really, yeah, when yeah. it was there, and so a Maywood product is close enough to the city we should consider yeah. him up. Yeah, yes. Uh, I can remember him playing Jordan in his Jerry curl and Jordan in some like patent leather shoes mm-hmm. uh, at one point. But uh, I would kind of like to see Mike Finley because. And another thing, get to the BJ thing. Uh, you know, BJ hasn't been doing his job, been doing that type of job for over, almost two decades. This is something that Mike Finley was doing, and. Mike Finley actually was in when you look at uh, Donnie um, Donnie Walsh, Donnie no, Walsh, no, not no, Donnie no, Walsh, Nelson. no Nelson, Donnie Nelson, Nelson. Donnie Nelson, no. uh, Nelson. Don Nelson's son. When you look at Don Nelson's son, who runs the Mavericks, they've been a, a real forward-looking um, yeah. um, team yeah. for a long time, and also going with international players. So it may be a good fit to bring a Mike Finley in. And I'll say this too. We don't even know because you look at like the Conleys in the Denver and him, the brother was executive VP uh, that he's brought the other brother with him and how they did the job. Pat, and he Conley. Kind of, Pat Conley, he kind of played Artisovis kind of played the back. I will be interested in who's the front facing person here. Cause you look at Theo and Jed, uh. Theo kind of, it's both of them, but you still look at Theo. Is he going to kind of play the, the Spengali in the background and allow the GM to be most the more forward person, forward facing person, or will they be doing it as a tandem? I wonder how he's going to go about doing that. Mm, that's a good point. I would think he, I, for some odd reason, at least for me, it seems as if he's going to be kind of, kind of guy, the kind of guy is going to be playing out in the back. He doesn't. I mean. Mike Finley isn't. I mean, he's a personal guy from all accounts. Looking at him in the media, but he's not like a very, like a very gregarious. Uh, yeah, he's not that kind of dude either. So I don't know. It would be interesting to kind of see if he does hire somebody who might have that kind of like public persona, who mm-hmm. uh, obviously is running the team in the general manager position, but has a more public persona. And he's kind of like in the back. That's a very interesting point. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what he does there too. AK is uh pretty well spoken though, so I wouldn't be surprised if because that's been his kind of like the the thought he was very behind the scenes so he's not going to be very in front of the camera mm-hmm. he might actually really grow and develop in that area because he talks pretty well i would say so far oh he does just getting oh, yeah. one interview you said that like he was a black person like that he speaks well <laughs> oh my goodness the boy can no, talk this my- european <laughs> another thing too i was thinking about a uh, couple of years man a couple of big names are going to be free agents Giannis and uh, Joker out there in Denver. And both 
Chicago have very big uh, Serbic Lit- and oh, it's Lithuanian, Lithuanian and Greek populations here in the city. I'll be very and, and also too two international players. I'd be very interested to see how hard, hopefully by this time, the Bulls, because he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to come in and kind of really turn this around in, in a quick. He said quick. I don't know. I don't know. He said he quick. Need, he need two years at least before that to really and, get, get them to catch on. But, it, but, it, but it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. That the simple fact the foreman isn't there anymore, and now you have somebody, at least a player, to at least see, like, okay, at least you know what you're doing, and you come from the international play. Because this dude is a superstar, rock star, back over in uh in, in Europe. I mean, he played like damn near all the all the leagues over there. So they probably yeah, so they probably all at the him, big ones. All big ones. So I'm sure they probably look at him kind of like, man, this this dude's kind of like the godfather. So maybe he maybe that might be able to maybe that might be able to bring some of those young guys in, like a Djokovic. Or a, um, or a Giannis to maybe look at Chicago. In a Giannis, see, Giannis' problem to me is akin to LeBron's problem. Those cities that how do I say this? What are jealous oh, of Chicago? Real quick, real uh-huh. quick. Calvin Booth did not play with the Bulls. Closest okay. was Milwaukee. Thank okay. you. Those cities that uh, are Midwest cities, and us being the jewel of the Midwest now, formerly Detroit. Uh, I don't think that they're key players. I don't think they want to burn the fan base with that, like, yeah, they can understand him going to Golden State. But it's like, man, you just went down the streets of Chicago. Like, I think, like, you know, like, shut it, the hell up, Milwaukee. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> nothing. Like, you dude, nothing. If you thought Cavs fans was mad when LeBron went to the Heat, if he would have came to the Bulls, ooh, ooh, boy. <laughs> After hey, what man. Mike did Forget to the jersey. Let's burn down the stadium. I was going to say that. How? Listen, uh, boy, so I always, again, you're still right. Maybe Giannis doesn't care. I think Giannis does care about that fan base because they're basically he probably does. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would think that in the back of your mind, it's like, if I go, let me go. And also, but still, the Bulls aren't a destination yet. But what city? But, but I don't know. Hopefully, AK can change that. But, but what city? But what city do you think you have a higher chance to be able to pull somebody in? That would be Chicago or Milwaukee or Denver. You're probably going to go with Chicago. Oh, Chicago. But I mean, you're still going to have Golden State with money. Oh, and we've doubt. already seen. Yeah, yeah, they've been yeah. whispering sweet nothings in Giannis's ear, mm-hmm. and it would be dope if he went to Miami. Like, because at least that's no, not an already uh, contending team. It yeah, would be. It would because the he. Hey, he the Bulls fits. got a future again. I don't want to see them with Giannis. He fits their mentality. He fits their mentality. Go to Golden State. That's fine. We'll meet you in the finals. I don't know. I th- I, I'd be interested to see how AK is able to maybe sway some of those some of these younger guys, younger stars. Also, too, that goes to the point of who you hire as your GM. This is going to be a very very big hire. Obviously, a big move. Hey, D, franchise. how about this? After you hire a GM, who's your coach? That's another thing too. Oh, this is what I wanted to uh, wanted to say. I did see this tweet come across from uh, Joe Cowley. Uh, he tweeted this is about forty two minutes ago. Jim Boylan's exit exit as Bulls coach may not be as obvious as many think. Hearing some things today, he has some big hitters in his corner still. This will be interesting. Michael Reinsdorf. More more to investigate. Stay tuned. Michael Ransdorf likes him. Listen, AK need to go rip them papers up right now. For like, real. I'm heading back. I can give me another job next year. You playing games. I told you I wasn't playing these type of games with y'all. You know, you know, dude don't know what he's doing. He got one year left in his deal? Or was this his last year to deal? No, no he, he got an extension. He got, yeah, extension. he got an extension. He got an extension last year. 
Before the season started, like it happened like in I mean, December. It's not that expensive. They yeah, it's like, right, yeah. right, right. It's not a lot of money, but one thing the Rams was like to do, they don't like to keep paying out these coaches. They don't like paying out coaches, and they and they don't work for them. So, I mean, if the season was if season was to happen, which I don't think is going to happen, I can understand you letting him go in here and finish up the season and say like, all right, deuces. But looking at that tweet and Connolly, I mean, uh, Joe Cowley, man, you know, he has his ears to the organization. Real man. quick before we go, before we Sorry. go to our last segment, yeah, B, do you think? Next season, Jim Boylan will be the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, regardless of that tweet or not. No. Ryan? No. I don't either. Like, I don't think this man took this job. Now, I'll, I'll say this. If it's just, like, the shortened season. Yeah, if it comes back. Yeah, if it comes – yeah, I'm oh, with you. I think there's a shot of oh, that. Oh, sure, that's why I said next – but that's why I said, like, next year. Yeah, not a shot of that at least. I would, I would give that a maybe a 25% chance to happen if it's a short season. All right, come on back. We're going to wrap up the show. Dean Davis.